0: it's good to see everyone praise the lord so um, tonight uh, as many of you know or maybe maybe not i'm not sure but we do the pastors are taking turns right we're doing a whole month Um, each pastor, which is pretty cool. Um, And uh, so today, as far as me, I'm not sure who's up for next month, but this is my last Wednesday. Um, Not permanently, but at least for now, (laughs) until the rotation comes back around. But um, I've been enjoying uh, bringing the word on Wednesday night and getting into Bible study with everyone. Uh, We're in Acts chapter 15 today. uh, And I... I am going to give you guys just a couple announcements before we start, uh, just to make sure we're all aware of uh, what's happening at the mission, things we're doing, what's going on. We are looking forward to an awesome, awesome youth service on Sunday. Uh, I mentioned it last week, but I want to bring it up again and just uh, reiterate some of the info, both our English and Spanish service this coming Sunday. We'll have a good participation from our youth ministries. And uh, we'll be having some of our young people, some of our young leaders up here uh, helping lead the service, participate in the worship and things like that. Uh, we're going to have them even come up and read the word at one point, lead in a prayer over our young people, uh, over all the kids. Uh, so that's going to be really important. If you have any nieces, nephews you want to bring with you that day or or your own kids before we dismiss them out to Uh, junior church uh, to kids church we will be saying a prayer and leading a prayer over all of our young people um, just for the emphasis of youth ministries that Sunday Uh, but we will have pastor one of our pastors uh, bringing the word uh, Sunday morning as well as usual I should say Uh, but yeah looking forward to that it's gonna be fun refreshing uh, bring a little bit of that youthful energy amen All right. So I'm looking forward to that. Just wanted to give everybody a heads up on that. Uh, Also, just a reminder, uh, we do have all of our discipleship uh, classes, our leadership development classes going on on Wednesday nights. Uh, We've been having a a class the last two weeks, the two prior weeks on uh, prayer and deliverance we've had a special guest uh, teaching that class. For tonight, they took a break and they'll be back next week just to give everyone a heads up on that. They do teach that class. That class is going to be uh, in our, uh, what we call La Capilla, our little chapel, uh, which is on the other end of campus over at the entrance that's right across from like the uh, the Starbucks area. Um, Wells Fargo is the bank I was trying to I not remember the name of that bank, but it's closer to that entrance there. Uh, so we want to encourage everyone, if you're at home, if you're listening and you are thinking of ways to get into, uh, get into leadership, get uh, discipled, or you want to come and check out this class we're having. The class we're having for prayer and deliverance, it is under our evangelism ministry, just so you know. It is under the covering of our evangelism uh, ministry, and uh, that's uh, something that they really felt in their heart. They wanted to start doing Uh, So it's pretty cool that we're offering all this, um, all these different uh, alternatives or I guess choices, right? So some of us who prefer the traditional Bible study continue to be here on Wednesday night in the sanctuary, we'll be here. Um, If you know somebody who prefers Spanish and likes Spanish or you have a family member, uh, right next door in Transitions Hall at the same time that we start here, they are having the Spanish Bible study. And we're going, we're doing the same chapter by chapter in the book of Acts in there as well uh, just to you know in case you guys weren't aware of that I want to before I go into chapter 15 um, there's no way I could continue tonight without addressing uh, the situation we find ourselves in right now in our country in our nation and uh, if you have little ones like I do um, it really hit home uh, you might have grandkids. You might have nieces, nephews. You might have your own little babies at home. But uh, it really hit us, um, you know, to the point where, you know, we, we thought about what if we were in that situation. Um, and I'm pretty sure it, just about everybody, uh, it crossed our minds. Um, and might have even been a little difficult to drop off our kids today at school uh, because of the concern or the worry, right, of what if. There's always that what if. Um, but the Lord has called us not to live in a life of what ifs. Amen. Uh, our faith, our faith uh, is on Jesus Christ. And regardless of what may come. And that may, may sound sometimes uh, a little over spiritualizing to some folks. To some folks it may sound even insensitive. But it's the truth that we uh, base our faith on. No matter what may come. And I've said it before. I said it in our Spanish service about a month ago. The days ahead are not going to get any better. They're not going to get any better. It's going to get harder to live out our faith and to take a stance. And chapter 15, in part, is about taking a stance on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will never, neither will you hear it from any of our pastors to really get into politics and tell our congregation which way to vote. But there are ways that we can do something about it. And that's one of the things that we've been asked throughout the day today. Um, As we had an executive meeting, we have an executive meeting every Wednesday. It's our team of leaders that are here on a daily basis. Helping to keep the doors open and helping all the ministries and, and just doing so many, so many different things that we plan and organize. But it was a question that came up: How can we do something about it? And you've probably seen on social media folks that are saying prayers and thoughts are not enough. And I don't believe that one hundred percent. Okay, what I do believe, and I'll share you this with you: what I do believe, what I do believe is that prayer. Prayer should be followed by actions. If all I do is pray about it and leave it alone, then I'm not really living out my faith. It's extremely important to always pray about it. I truly believe that our prayers, our prayer time, our time with the Lord should be a time not just to lift up words, right, into the air or to say it's in God's hands now, no. It should say, Lord, guide us, give us direction, give me wisdom. What should we do about this? How can we do something about this? And I want you to know, uh, I know there's folks listening at home, I want you to know that Mission Ebenezer is uh, preparing some ways to communicate to our congregation and even those who um, you know choose to only follow through social media because there's people that, They only follow through social media, not just our church. I'm just speaking in general, okay? I'm not, like, bashing it either. I'm just saying that's the choice that many make. But we are preparing practical resources and ways that we can suggest for many of us who are thinking, is there something that I can do? We are so far away. We do know of one ministry that is preparing Uh, to take a team of folks out to Texas. Um, And if it's something that, you know, we can be a part of and be involved in in some way or another, they are good friends of ours. It's a church that we are connected with in Santa Ana and that's really close to us. They're good friends of us and our pastors uh, for many years. Um, So we will be communicating that on Sunday, communicating other ways that we can get involved. We'll be putting it out on our social media. But I, I want to challenge you before I go into chapter 15. I'd like to challenge us with something um, that our, even our executive team thought, man, let's let's do this. You know, let's get more. Maybe we can get more involved in this. But one of the ways that we felt would be a practical thing to do, and, and I'll, I'll pose it as a question. How many of us live in a neighborhood or near a, a school? There's a school Within our neighborhood, maybe across the street from your home, I see some hands already. You see that? When was the last time, or have we ever, even thought about driving around the school, walking some laps around the school, and interceding for the children of that school, for the administration of that school, for the teachers, right? The staff, anyone and everyone that is part of keeping that, and making and creating a safe environment for those babies. There's ways in which our prayers can be followed by action. Amen? So, I would say to those who are saying prayers and thoughts are not enough, I would say action should always follow our prayers. But I believe, I truly believe, that anything we do should always be preceded by our prayers. Should always be taken to the Lord in prayer. Saturated in prayer. So that all the things that we are doing, we're not just doing out of our own understanding or our own ways. But we are seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Seeking the guidance of our Father. Seeking the guidance of His Word. Amen? That, that's my challenge. And that's what I would say. Is that we would... Put some action to those thoughts and to those prayers and say, yeah, maybe for some, they may feel like that's not enough, but hey, we can do something about it. We can saturate it in prayer and then say, okay, let's put our feet to the ground. Amen. Let's get out there. Let's do something. Another thing would be, we have a lot of young people at our church. Having been the youth pastor for a little bit over 10 years and then having done, Uh, Young Adult College and Career Ministry, Um, I was made aware. It wasn't something that I just knew, okay? I, I was made aware just by being a part of their lives on a daily basis that we can make a difference in a young person's heart and a young person's actions by simply, and listen to this, by simply asking them, hey, how are you doing today? Are you feeling okay today? Do you know that you're loved today? But sincerely stopping them and asking them, hey, is there anything that I can pray for? With you, your family, anything? No? All right, cool, man. Hey, just want you to know, we're here for you. This community is here for you. Many times, many times, that can be the difference between them doing something to hurt themselves or hurt someone else is by us intervening in a very simple way by saying, how are you today? I am really interested in how you are doing today. And I wanna let you know that you are loved. We don't need to preach to them. We don't need to sit there and try to you know, get them to change their ways. Just tell them they're loved just the way they are. Letting them know that it's okay to feel the emotions they feel sometimes. God gave us our emotions. Otherwise, he wouldn't have built us this way. But he also gave us the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen? So those are my challenges to to you, my suggestions um, that we would be more intentional, I guess is what I'm saying. That we would be more intentional. Chapter fifteen tonight, um, as we go through it, I'd like for us to keep those things in mind, to keep in mind what it means to take a stance for what is truth, amen. And as we get to the end of the chapter, I'm gonna go ahead and just share it now, because <laughs> uh, for you who have been here the last three weeks, you know that I started off and I I don't even get through like the three or four or five verses right, but. I just, uh, something that I've noticed, the pattern that I've seen throughout these past two weeks, uh, I'm sorry, three weeks, is that at the end of just about every chapter and, and throughout the entire book of Acts, one of the things that it either ends with or is, is peppered in there, okay, throughout the scriptures is, and they went about encouraging the believers. They continued to build or to grow the church and encourage the believers. And that's what I was getting at earlier is, do we make it a point to encourage each other? Are we uplifting each other? Are we edifying each other? Are we encouraging each other? That's the way we're going to continue to build this church. I'm not talking about this physical church here on this corner. I'm talking about the church the believers, the saints, those who are called to be followers of Jesus Christ, those of us who have chosen, those of us who are walking with the Lord, okay, are we building up his church? Amen? All right, so chapter 15, book of Acts. says, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch, And we're teaching the believers. So when you see there that it talks about certain people, he's referring to those who were following the ways of Moses or those who were still following the traditions, okay, the customs uh, that Moses taught. And they continued to bring those into their faith and belief in Jesus Christ. So it wasn't so much that they hadn't began to follow Jesus is that they were still continuing to bring those customs into their Christianity, into their faith. Let's call it that, into their faith, okay? So it says, certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers. What were they teaching them? This is where many will say that this chapter is about this particular point here, but I want to To suggest something else tonight as we continue to read. It says that they were teaching this idea. Unless you are circumcised. According to the custom taught by Moses. You cannot be saved. Everybody follow? What was said? Okay. So the teaching, the belief was that. If you wanted to be saved, it wasn't enough to just accept Christ into your life. That there had to be brought into that to receive salvation. First, first, circumcision. Okay. And secondly, that you would follow the Torah or the customs that Moses taught about, which is Torah. Okay. So there was stipulations. There was these ideas of these are the things we need to do. And then you can be saved. Okay, everybody got it? All right, so this is what was being taught. All right, just want to make sure we were clear on what it was. These, you know, he calls them certain people were teaching. Now this brought Paul, verse 2. This brought Paul and Barnabas into a sharp dispute and debate with them. So what was happening here is these folks were, have you ever met anyone that likes to just argue? And they've like mastered arguing according to them, right? Every topic that comes up at the dinner table or at the family party, gathering, birthday, I don't know, whatever it would be, right? They want to like argue with you about whatever it may be. And it seems like they're always looking, right? to bring things up, to argue about. I don't know about you, but to me, that's like really frustrating. And I just think, I'll just like stay out of it. I just stay quiet. Like, I don't even want to bother with that, right? But they'll, they find a way to kind of like pull you into their debates. And then they get you heated, right? They get you frustrated, upset, and you can't convince them, nor will you ever convince them from whatever idea they started the conversation with. You get what I'm saying? Uh, no matter how much scripture you show them, no matter what you try to explain to them, they're always going to go back to the like, well, I don't know. I think that. And they keep going back and back and back, right? So here are these people. This is all they wanted to do. They just really wanted to debate with them for the sake of debating. But it says, it brought Paul and Barnabas into and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. So they were bearing witness, they were sharing, right? Not of what they had done, but of what God had done through them. And that's a very significant point there. That in everything we do, we always remind ourselves when we are sharing with others that, hey, look at what God has done. It's okay to say, look at what God has done through my life. It's okay to say that. We're all instruments. We're all his vessels. You following? All of us. God can use any and each and every one of us as he chooses, as he pleases. You and I just have to be willing to say, Lord, I'm good. You want to use me to share with this person? I'll share with them your love. I'll share with them a word of encouragement. I'll do whatever I can to edify them, to uplift them. If that means giving them... $20 for gas, if that means saying, hey, I got some food for you. If that means saying, hey, I got some clothes for you. Or if that could just mean, hey, I can pray for you right now. I want you to know that you're cared for, that you're loved. Come on, let's pray right now. Let's not wait till later. Let's do it right now. It'll take 30 seconds. It doesn't have to be long. That's one of the things we're trying to show our boys right now that your prayers don't have to sound a certain way. They don't have to have certain, you know, big words. My son Logan says almost the exact same prayer every single day or every time that we ask him to pray on the way to school. He says, Lord, I pray nobody bullies us today. And Lord, I pray that more trees grow <laughs> so that our earth could look beautiful. And, and and, he gets like stuck on the and for a while. You know, and then we'll help him out. But he'll say the same prayer just about every single time that we ask him to pray. And we tell him, that's all it is, man. As long as it's coming from your heart, Logan. It's whatever's in your heart that you want to ask God for or share with God. That's you. Our prayers don't have to be these big, eloquent, powerful, loud, screaming prayers when you're praying with somebody. Just let them know that they're loved. They were sharing what God had done through them to encourage all of the believers. Verse 5. Then some of the believers who belonged, okay, some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised. They must be required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. And after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. So Peter now begins to share with them again, like he did previously. Not with the same crowd, but previously when he was preaching in the synagogues, he begins to share from the prophets, from the scriptures and from his experiences, personal experiences. So if we were to take, or if we were to ask, Pastor, what are some ways, or how are some ways that we can share with folks? One, we have to know our word. We don't have to be these, you know, great scholars at scriptures, but it's important for us to know the word of God. It's very important for us to know the word of God. The more we know the word of God, okay, check this out. The more we know the word of God, It's important to also learn how to apply the word of God to our lives. I've always loved to give like practical ways and practical steps on how to do things. That's the way I learn. When I want to learn how to fix something on my truck or one of our cars, I go to YouTube. (laughs) Right? I go to like whatever I can find. That can help me. And I don't just watch one. I'll watch two, three, four videos of different kinds. And I say, okay, cool. I like what this guy did with this part. I like what this person did over here. But the truth is, I love practical steps on how to get something done. So when I come to God's word, I don't want to just encourage and motivate. I want you to walk away with like, how am I going to use what we talked about today? How am I going to take this back and share with a friend? How am I going to, how am I, you follow what I'm saying? You don't have to go into this whole lesson about what circumcision meant. Come on. It's not even what this is about tonight. It's not what this is about tonight. This chapter, church, this chapter, for all of you who are listening, this chapter is about taking a stance and sharing the message, the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about whether we should be circumcised or not. It's not about whether you and I need to follow a certain set list of rules or not. It's about what is the pure 100% truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know what that is? Do you and I know what that is? That our Lord died for our sins so that we would have access to the Father in a nutshell. That you and I are not saved by the things that we do, but we're saved by grace through what? Faith through who? And by who? And Jesus. And Jesus, it's really you and I having this grace. Did you know that eternity was didn't come to you and I when... We receive salvation through Jesus Christ. Eternity was planned for you and I ever since. I shouldn't even say since the beginning. From before the beginning. Before God began to create anything. Eternity was already given to you and I. You and I were already chosen for eternity. Isn't that amazing? That eternity, the gift of eternity... doesn't come to us at the moment or at the point that you and I accept Jesus Christ. It's been there since before that. But it's at that moment when we make the choice and the decision that we begin to walk in that eternity. Do you kind of see where I'm going with that? It's at that moment that you and I begin, you don't have to, we don't have to wait until we die to be in eternity. We're in it right now. We're just like in a how could I say, in a different phase of that. If we want to get all Star Wars about it and, you know, Marvel about it, if you follow Marvel, like my boys do, right? I'm not going to get into it, but, I mean, unless they want to send us some money and fund our ministry, cool. I'll use more analogies, right, about Marvel and Star Wars, but they ain't offered us a penny yet. But it's, it's like we're still in this, you know, dimension of eternity that's there. So John the Baptist explained it really cool when he's writing the book of Revelations. He says that there was like a window. And when he looked through it, he says the the sky kind of opened up to him in a vision. So if you can imagine right now, if I could take my finger and I had this cool magic finger and I could draw like this window right here. Okay. And, and, and we could open that window and inside that window, you'd be able to see eternity. Like we're in that eternity right now. But we don't really begin to experience it and enjoy it and really live it until Jesus makes it possible for you and I. Because until we say yes, until you and I say yes, can everybody say yes? Have you guys seen that movie called Yes Day? No? If if, if you have, man, I, it'd be great if we could have a yes day, even as adults, right? And and. Put aside all those things. Okay, so the moment you and I say yes, okay, did everybody say yes with me? Say it one more time. Yes. All right, so tonight, even if you didn't want to say yes to Jesus, I just had you say yes to Jesus. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, seriously, though, it's not until the moment that you and I say yes to him and we surrender to him that then that eternity becomes a reality for you and I. Because up until then, you and I were just alive, taking up space. But it's not until we say yes to Christ and we begin to live in him is when we actually start to live and experience that gift of eternal life. At that moment, you're walking in eternity. And I think that's amazing. That's amazing when you start to really think about it. Because here they were stuck on hey, you guys need to follow these rules and follow this circumcision and you need to do this in order to be saved. But yet, if we look at what spiritual circumcision is, it didn't start in the New Testament, Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, I believe it's chapter 30, it says, the Lord will come and do a circumcision of the heart. See, you and I, Someone explained it to to us one time like this. We're like, have you ever cut open an onion? No? Okay. Hey, you ever cut open an onion? All right. It's got layers, right? You and I, by the time we come to Jesus, there is layer upon layer upon layer of so much, let's just say stuff. Stuff that's just been piled and layered and piled hurt anger abuse name it you know whatever lies you know deception right so many layers and god says from the beginning from from old testament he says i'm not looking at the physical I want to do a spiritual. And any. you know, what's beautiful is that he says, not just to you, he says to all that come after you, to your, your seed. He says, I want to provide a spiritual. He says, a spiritual circumcision. That means that God is interested. Look at how interested God is in you and I. This, seriously, look at this. He's interested in peeling apart each layer so that at each layer you can have an encounter with your creator so that at each layer you could say, okay, I'm ready to let this go. And he peeled that away and he takes that and he says, just give it to me. And then he says, okay, Joe, what's the next layer? Come on, let's work on that. And then he says, this is how much it matters to me that you would allow me to peel back a layer at a time because I want you to be whole because I want you to be complete and fully be what I've meant for you to be. And that's why prayer is important for us not to dismiss it and say that prayer is not enough for the hurting of the world today, but to believe that prayer is where the answer starts. Prayer is where the answer begins. Prayer is where each and every one of us has to start to say, hey, there is love for you. You don't have to go down that road. There is a better way. It may not be easy, but we're here. That's why it's important. And that's why he, they were saying, guys, this isn't what it's about. It's not about a circumcision. That's not what this chapter is about. It's about sharing what.'" Jesus Christ can do for each and every one of us. And what he offers us is a better life, not another yoke, not another layer. Do you follow what he's saying here? And what's happening? He's saying, it's not about putting on more layers, guys. Because the moment we try to put on that yoke of Torah, the moment we try to put on that yoke of laws, he says, all you're going to be doing again is putting on those layers, bringing back those layers. It's like, that's not what Jesus came to do. He came to peel them back. He came to bring a complete healing to each and every one of us. (laughs) Brothers, you know, he says that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips. The message of the gospel and believe. The Holy Spirit was involved in this gathering. The Holy Spirit had orchestrated this whole thing to come about. So that more people would come to hear his message of freedom. His message of salvation. Of eternal life. Of forgiveness. Of grace. And so. I'm going to end there. I'm going to end there tonight. And so as we look at what is happening and we look at what has transpired in these passages since we began the book of Acts, we're not done, we're not ending, it's going to continue next week. There's some significance and some things that we should pay attention to. And one of those Keeps reoccurring, like I mentioned before. And it says, verse 41 He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening. In other translations, it might say encouraging. But that's basically the message there that they continued to do the work of the Lord, they continued to preach the gospel the true message, the pure message of salvation, but they strengthened and encouraged the believers. So maybe tonight as we leave and we think, okay, how can I apply this to my life? One, try not to get stuck in debates. (laughs) About the word or about different topics That might only bring division. Let's stand strong and firm on what the message of Jesus Christ is. And as we take this, say, and think, who can I encourage today? Who can I encourage before the end of the day? Who can I encourage tonight? Maybe God put somebody on your heart overnight. First thing in the morning you do is, hey, I just want to share a a scripture with you today that encouraged me. And you send that out. It might be two, three. It might be a group message. It might just be one. It might be one of your friends. It may be one of my friends that is feeling hopeless and just needs to know maybe not even what the scripture says that we send them. Maybe it's not even the prayer we send them. But the simple fact that somebody took the time to say, hey, you matter. You're loved. If you need anything, I'm here for you. They may not remember. Let me tell you, I've seen young people come back to our church that used to be part of our youth ministry from 10, 15 years ago. And I'll tell you, they never come back and say, Pastor, I remember that one time that you taught about this and X, Y, and Z. And I remember the scripture one time. We didn't even have text messaging back then, I don't think. At least I don't remember. (laughs) But they come and they say, I just remember that you cared about us. You used to come to our games. You used to show up at our school Bible studies. You used to take us on trips. You took us to In-N-Out a lot. Um, you, know, you took us to get donuts on such you know, occasions, whatever it was. I've had young people come and say, I remember Sunday school, you used to always bring donuts. You don't remember anything we taught you? I just remember you guys bringing donuts. <laughs> They've told me that. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But what made a difference was that they knew they had a place where they could come and they knew that there was people here that cared about them. So I'm not saying don't share those passages. I'm not saying don't share those prayers. What I'm saying is, if you feel in your heart and you're quickened by the Lord, don't think of whether or not they'll receive it. Don't waste your time thinking, what if they don't care? Or what if they stop hanging out with me because I'm being over spiritual or whatever? Once those thoughts start creeping into our minds, trust me, they are not coming from the Lord. Because once we start thinking like that and we go down those rabbit trails, usually we just like, oh, I'll do it later, and we forget. Oh, I'll reach out to them later and we forget." And, and sometimes the Lord like really like catches us, right, slipping for almost three days last week, I had this this friend of mine of ours of mine and, uh, of our families, this friend of ours, I'm not kidding, every day. Like throughout the day for like three to four days, like it constantly, he kept coming up in my mind. You got to call him. You got to call him. Just call him and say hi. Well, all of a sudden my phone rings and he's calling me. And I was just like, oh man, that's the way the Lord is sometimes and how intentional he wants to be. He's going to find a way for you to connect with that person. And as soon as I answered the phone, I said, "You're not going to believe this, but I've been thinking of calling you the last three days I said." And I apologize, I said, "I am so sorry that I didn't listen to God's voice telling me, "Call, call, call, call." Because it wasn't just one time. It was like constant throughout the day. And I just I found myself with my hands full, or I found myself distracted. I'll call him in a sec, I'll call him in a sec. I kept saying that over, and then all of a sudden it'd be like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, oh man, I didn't call him. And then the next day again, right? We just get, we make ourselves busy. We make ourselves busy and we don't stop to heed the word of the Lord sometimes. And all they want to know at the end of it is like the, the difference could be, the difference could be, man, this person cares about me. They might save that message. They might screenshot it. They might not. But who are we encouraging today? Who are we encouraging today? Who are we building up today? Don't focus so much on yourself all the time. Don't focus. I need this. I need that. I want this first. Well, before I do that, I want to make sure. No. Living for God is responding to those, those little nudges from the Lord. Living for God is a transformed behavior after you've heard the message of the gospel. They wanted to see the people live a different life, not go back to being yoked, not go back to being burdened by all these rules and all these laws. To them, it was like when you come and you receive and he transforms you, it makes a difference from that point on. How do you love one another? How do you build up one another? How do you continue to grow with each other? And that's what we can take away from this passage, from this whole chapter today. is saying, okay, the Lord wants me to make a difference. The Lord wants me to take a stance. Not to focus on things that don't matter, but to focus on others and encouraging them. Because as we encourage and we focus on others, God begins to work on us as well. And he begins to finish that work that's in us. That's always constantly like needing adjustment and needing tune-ups, right? Amen? All right. So as we dismiss today, as we dismiss, I'd like to take just a minute to pray. But for us to also just sit in silence and allow the Lord to speak to our hearts. How can we make a difference? How can my prayers be followed with actions? How can my prayers be followed with actions? Who can I encourage today? Just pick one of these things. Who can I build up? Who can I share God's love with tomorrow, sometime this week? Lord, as we conclude tonight, our hearts are heavy. Our hearts are heavy. Many families have lost. And there will be nothing to replace that emptiness. You've called us to be a light. You've called us to be the salt. You've called us to make a difference. Maybe we can't reach the entire world, but there's a world in our immediate circle, in our immediate surrounding that we can impact, that we can make a difference in. Give us the strength to stand firm. Firm on your word on the message of the gospel and as we sit and meditate on you and in your presence give us wisdom give us direction show us Lord your Holy Spirit show us what steps we can take to apply these passages to our lives Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is with us here tonight. I ask your blessing to cover each and every family tonight. Be with them. Uh, May your angels, may your spirit protect us. May there be a hedge of protection around our families. Lord, as we leave your house, may we be encouraged today by your Holy Spirit. May we be quickened. May we be moved to make a difference, Lord. To make a difference. We pray all these things. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we pray. Amen. God bless everyone. Uh, We'll see you guys hopefully Sunday. We'll see you guys next week, throughout the week. Amen. God bless you.